good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you are listening and walking, welcome back to the Catwalk Movement. We are so glad you are still walking with us. It is Chantel here. Hi, Ange. Hi, Chantel. <laughs> How are you, babes? I'm, I'm good, thanks. And yeah. you know what just came to my head? I got you, babes. <laughs> Listen, this race to the top, you actually are getting a song in like the first 20 seconds. It's, it's just, wow. And I think it coincides as well with the conversation that we had about the... the... My tarot reading. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which ordinarily, can you imagine like if you'd asked me even a year, maybe less ago, like what's to deal with tarot readings? I'm like, yeah, I'm not really on that. And I don't think I would go to get one done. But for the listeners, um, I follow, uh, I can't remember her name, but she's she's wicked on Instagram and she does a weekly or a bi-monthly um, reading and her vibe, her energy. But anyway, I dipped in this week and um, they she referenced Leo. She was like, use your Leo energy. And um, me, I'm not a Leo, but I have one very close by. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Got you, babes. Thanks. So, role models, um, you know the drill. You know the drill. It's so, it's so um, joyful. I'm going to use the word joyful to look at the leadership board now that I'm, not joy- I'm joyful for everybody else, but I want to know why I'm not on there because, like, Strava's been Strava's really been um um what's the word I'm looking for? Unkind to me. We'll deal with them. Thank you. <laughs> but do head over to Strava, hit record, map your walk, tag us via clubs, the catwalk and VMT, um, so that we can see the growth of our community. Um so and I'm glad you're back because I know our last podcast, you felt a little bit dragged. Woo! So a whole shredder later and a whole house lighter. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. It was well worth it though. It was even up until um, last night. I went into the bar, I had a bath, and then you know the bathroom cabinet. It's like, why have I got all these cleaning materials in here? I don't use any of them. Just there. Just there. In a bag, to the left, to the left. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I was like a flipping preacher, you know, them ones outside Stratford McDonald's. I was telling everybody to the left last week. Everyone was like, because of you, Chantel, now, I've been spending my whole week clearing out. <laughs> yeah. My whole weekend just consisted of, um, even though I mentioned about getting an industrial shredder, I still was holding on to the ones that I need. I might need these ones. No, they got gone. Gone. Yeah. It's, it's so freeing. Oh, let me tell you something. I've never, I've never been grateful for a subscription before in my life, but I'm grateful for Amazon Prime. <laughs> you know the ones having to wait a couple days and are we deliver within 13 days no i want it now or at least tomorrow it's wonderful yes definitely so i'm i suddenly 
literally my throat is starting to clam up because you're taking um, today's podcast and we're doing financial decluttering. And I feel like today's my turn to get pulled by my edges that don't even exist. <laughs> They're growing back, man. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm gonna hand over to you and um, on the financial decluttering and what do I need to know? Well, it feels like I feel like I've been this month in storytelling time for me. Because uh, you know, there was there's always someone that's got something to say, and I feel like that person, but it is just it is what it is. Um, so as like the the last podcast where we spoke about and um, the decluttering, and I spoke about my um story with getting the industrial shredding with the finances now after resigning from from the head of secondary school, um, not head of secondary school, head of department in a secondary school, you know, I found some of my pay slips and I was on a decent amount of money, like close to about 60 grand a year. Um, And for that time, it it was decent, but I didn't realise it at the time. I just took it for granted. And then when I resigned and then lo and behold, had no income, that's when I realised yeah, I was onto a, a good thing there. You know, every month it would replenish. And then there was one month and then the next month and the next month it just didn't happen. And then it's like, wow, I'm not going to get paid for, for till I start working again. And I didn't actually start working again for a little while because of my illness. Yes, I was getting better, but I still had the anxiety and panic attacks that was like hindering me from going into work. So I was actually on something called Employment Support Allowance, ESA. Um, and then I went on to Universal Credit and I went in there big and bold and told my work advisor that um, I want to start up my own business because someone had told me about you could start up your own business via Universal Credit, but they don't really make it known to everybody. And so that's when my PT, actually that's when Andrea Corbett Limited started and was formed in 2016. Um, as a result of going into the job center, I don't want to come in here. No disrespect, well, no one does this now because it will pull what time we're going through. But I don't want to walk in here every two weeks and sign on. I want to be productive about what I'm doing, and this is what I want to do. And he just looked at me and like, "You're the first ever person that has come in here and has told me what to do and has been constructive about it." I was actually telling him how to do his job. Um, and no, that's not the controller of me taking over. <laughs> it was just the hyperachiever. Um, so sorry, guys. Um, yeah, so I walked in there, told him that, yeah, this is what I want to do. He was really happy. So we got down to it and I literally had to create a CV. And that's, yeah, like I said, that's when I started my PT career. Um, they And for those that are on universal credit, and I know some people are, and like I said, no, no shame in, in this game. You have to do what you have to do. If you are on there for a certain amount of time, I think it's for like over 12 weeks, then you apply, then you um, can apply to start up your business um, via Universal Credit. And you can also get, I think at that time, a few years ago, it was like something like an extra 30 or between 30 and 60 pound per week extra. So it does actually pay, they actually help you to, to start a business as well. So that was 
the other thing I've learned about this through um, people who have done this is that if you have a young child, um, because you're then considered as employed, but potentially your income is low if you're starting up, um, you will still be entitled or you can get extra childcare hours. Yeah. So I know of people who um, have done exactly what you've done and then incidentally gained a nursery place um, for their children or child that they wouldn't have able, they wouldn't have been able to afford otherwise. So that's another thing in that. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. So you get the nursery place, you get the extra money per week plus the money, albeit it's not, you know, not a lot, but plus the money that you you was getting you you are entitled to as well. So that was that that kick started me. And then that's when I started the ball rolling into, you know, getting becoming a service provider and X, Y, and Z. But um in terms of the finances though, because it was I was on a low income in comparison to what I was on before, my um credit file just went down and and I didn't realize that my credit file went down because I didn't look at it and um, ask me what my credit score was before it's like what are you talking about now I'm not I'm, I don't want to look at that why do I need to look at that that's just gonna you know all this negative mindset was had kicked in and um, because amongst all those letters that I had to get shred was was plenty of bills and so I was just I realized that finance then became a trigger for me. So anything to do with finances, I didn't want to talk about it, be about it or anything like that. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, a, it was, it was bad for a good, like a good few years. It's only in the, like the recent, like what are we now, 2021. So I'll say in like 2019 that I really started to buck up my ideas, not even buck up, but like really get down to understanding what is finances? What does it mean to me? Um, and what can I do to improve it? So this is the part that could possibly um, help um, other people. Um, just tracking and um, going back slightly as well. I also went on to a program called Step Change and they help to, um, they help you with, if you're in debt and you owe companies money, they will support you in writing to these companies and, um, explaining your situation and your circumstances and asking for a lower rate payment repayment rate and the only thing I found with step change is that the paperwork was so long but that's because of again another thing that I have with paperwork so if something feels really long I don't want to do it but I did end up doing some of it and it was worth it for a while um, but I must say I think that does also affect your credit scoring as well so please do, be, um, do your due diligence whilst um, when, when looking into that but that is something else that's out there step change um, but like I said I've been on a journey now of identifying the things that, that can help me to make my finances better so in most recent times so last year I was um, introduced to something called lockbox so what lockbox is is um so lockbox it allows you to save grow and then you can unlock your money so basically you decide what you want to save in a year so i was trying it out i didn't know what this thing was about um so i did 30 pounds a month and they basically lock it away so each month they lock it away at a 0% apr loan but it's, it's it's down as a loan so when you look on your credit file i looked and i was like what's this 
And I Googled the name that they had used and then I realized it was attached to Lockbox and that's when it clicks. So effectively you're taking out, say for example, so 360 for the year is my was my loan. Okay, so then I had to pay back that 360. But it's not as if I'm saying, and I hope I'm explaining this properly. So you're paying off this imaginary loan for 12 months, but whilst growing your credit score and saving, because at the end of that 12 months, that imaginary loan is actually your savings. So you can you can unlock now at the end of the 12 months and get back your 360 pounds. Yeah, I get it. But yeah. I, I, again, just like with, um, with step change, I think exactly what you said about due diligence and people reading and making sure that it fits them depends on where they're at. Like presumably Lockbox has thought about the different circumstances by which people would end up at their site. Um, but obviously, regardless of whether it's a zero percent, the fact that it's a loan um, and attached to your credit score. But it's to help you. So if you, you only set amount and an amount that you know you can afford to pay. This is what I mean. Go above your means. Yes, in 12 months, you're going to get this lump sum of money. But you've got to remember every month you've got to be able to pay that money off. That's why I did £30 because I knew, OK, I could afford to, to pay £30 at least at the bare minimum every month. Yes, it could have been more, but I didn't want to take that chance. And so don't take charge. If it's £10, it's £10. Just do what you can afford. And you know you can afford it every month on the same day, every month for 12 months. So I think in terms of due diligence, that's the main one that you need to think about is not even so much looking into the company, looking into yourself. What can I actually really afford for 12 months, ongoing for 12 months? Because um. It because it, it allows you to it helps you to repair your credit. So if you're missing payments, then obviously you're you're messing up, even making yourself even worse in terms of in, in your credit each month. Um, it doesn't require you to undergo a credit check. Um, so anybody could use it, but again, only use it to the amount that you can afford. Now this time around, going back into it again, I've upped my amount. So because I know that I can afford to increase it. So that that's lockbox. Did you have something to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 learning. Mm. I think obviously there's something about discipline there, right? Like Definitely. that if you even if you have discipline, but just you want to secure it, like you just don't want to falter that you don't want no opening, then it's a great way. Um I mean, I'm it's so funny because these are as, as young as I am, I'm old, man. And these are like high tech new ways. Me, I'm still like the partner. Yeah, I actually did a partner just um, two years ago. Um, and prior to that, all my savings used to be like just little envelopes. So, you know, it's so funny that Monzo has um, the pockets, the wallets, because I used to actually have physically um, like five brown envelopes, one that said holiday, hair, birthdays and every month I would put something in it yeah. and even if my hair didn't need to get done I'd top up and obviously even if I wasn't traveling I'd top up so when it was time I'd have these envelopes at home <laughs> so I'm just like oh 
you know, I've, I've got wallets on Monzo. I've got a lockbox. Like it's just, it's sort of upping, upping the. I don't know. Go moving with the times rather than. Yeah, nah. Who takes out cash? Like I literally don't have cash. I feel really bad when I walk past the homeless people because I'm like, I don't know. I really I don't have any money. I still have a penny jar, you know. I can't. Do you still have a? Oh, yeah, that's 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 pennies. That's no that. disrespect to it. That's not cash. <laughs> no, it's not cash, but it's like the idea of money. Like I don't. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got, got the penny jar, and we got like the the five pound jar and all that. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's just yeah, to have live cash on me is like what is just strange now. Like I owe my niece five pounds because she read, she read, she read um, an article in the newspaper, and every article she read, I kept trying to find a harder one and a harder one. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But I'll go back. I'm going back on track now. So just wanted to give some background and some research that I did on um on debt in the UK. So the amount ama- no, can't talk. The average amount of debt owed in the UK in 2020 is 9,246 per person, and that was as of the 29th of December 2020. Um, also found that um, that what's happened in the last year in the UK um, has affected uh, Black, Asian, and minority ethnic women in the UK more so disproportionately more so than than our counterparts. Um, there's studies that have been, the study that has been done with approximately 3,280 people um, suggest that, like I just said, that the effects are disproportionate um, to others. Um, this new evidence shows that those in power, so this is a, a quote that I'm reading from Dame Donna Kinnear. She's a chief exec and general secretary of the Royal College of Nursing. She said the new, this new evidence shows that those in power have avoided tackling the issue of since systemic racism and structural inequalities for far too long. And this avoidance has worsened outcomes for black, Asian, minority and ethnic women in particular. Nurses, some of whom are from the, those um, ethnic background women themselves, see this in their work every day. So basically, she's from nursing, and we know what the nursing population is predominantly made up of. And so they're feeling the, they're feeling what's happening now in terms of um, being in debt. Um, it's found that those that have to go to work are concerned about having to do so with, um, with the highest amount being from Black and Asian minority ethnic people with 65.1% um, of women and 73.8% of men reporting anxiety about doing so, about going to work, you know, in comparison with a lower figure from white men and white women. So it's just, just to say that this pandemic has really caused an even more so um, a disproportionately effect on on. on I'm black people like because obviously black Asian minority yeah we can go on but we're you know the F- people from ethnic backgrounds basically um what else is there so a lady called Sam Smithers so chief exec of the Foresight Foresight Society said as the government relaxes the lockdown it must consider the impacts on different ethnic groups and also adopt a gendered approach the unequal impact of this crisis is driven by existing structural inequalities and discrimination in our society. 
I don't understand how all these reports have been done, but yet <laughs> this is not the podcast for it, but yet they're claiming that there isn't any racism within our society. Like, please, this is just evidence that something is not right. This is it. And it's like, we're not, even in, even if in your heart you're not money-orientated, this world is. We live in a capitalist society and the the environment in which we live, i.e. the UK in comparison to maybe the continent or the island means that life is just harsh. I feel like life is harsher if you can't. Um, But then that's based on my lived experience because someone who had a financial downfall down and out homeless in the Caribbean will feel harshness also. But, I just think like, yeah, even if you're not money and money orientated, this is why we have to stay on top as black women. Um, The fact, you know, one of the headlines from that stupid report was that um, structural inequality or social inequality shouldn't be based on race, but rather family structure. And I was like, you can't untangle family structure from race when you've got black men who are more likely to be unemployed, who are more likely to be policed, more likely to be um, men- mentally instituted, put in mental institutions. And then, you know, we can go back for hundred years and look at the history of broken families in our community. Um, on the one hand, you could say, yeah, that's, you know, that that has characterised the nature of the black woman struggle in terms of we've had to be the head of our households solo. Um, but equally, you know, I think it's important to remember that in our communities, we do operate in sort of matriarchal units where women work together as a village to provide and it isn't actually an unusual version of life to say women are the providers okay we might not be the hunters and the gatherers but we are the providers and so in looking at that and then bringing back the employment landscape you know the fact that some women actually choose not to work when they have children or they have to be more flexible with their hours, zero hour contracts or going part-time or not progressing in the way that they want to because of what work commands of them. Our finances are, are, there are barriers to us being equal to, let's put it to the white man. And it's so important that we look after our pocket because most of us are working and if we're working every day, like, especially if you're doing a job you don't love, you need to make sure that it's paying. You need to make sure that um, that's working out for you. But the other side of it on self, and I'll, I will never forget, I was doing a diverse leaders course. And um, one of the head teachers that were leading the course was like, if she could ask someone about their finances in the interview, she would, because again, that word discipline, she was like, if you're in debt, it tells me that you're perhaps not resourceful 
perhaps that you live outside of your means, perhaps that you're not sticking to your intentions, whether that be about saving or paying things off. And that really struck a chord with me because my finances took a turn eight years ago when I became a mum. And then they kind of got back on track and then I bought a house and they, they got a bit shaky again. But my point is, it's like, raw. if you have to compare your spending to your nature, as in like, are you wasteful? Are you selfish? Are you thoughtful? Are you mindful? Are you in abundance mindset? Are you in scarcity mindset? Um, I feel that that's an interesting question to look at. Yes, we have to look after our money. Yes, we have to protect our money. But equally, what does how you spend or not spend your money say about you as a person is probably an important question to delve into when you're looking at then the logistics of how I spend, how I say, but also how I manage, as in, am I opening letters? Am I going on the credit score sites? Um, you know, because what are you scared of? Are you scared of the finances or are you scared of looking at yourself? A bit of both. <laughs> a bit of both if we're truthful um so yeah thank you for sharing that yeah it's, it's really important to discipline it does take a lot of discipline and especially if like myself if one minute you're working and have this you know replenish monthly replenishment of a salary and then it just goes well, you know you need to be able to manage and know what would happen in that event and like in a business like they always say in a business if when you can to have at least you know start off with three months of of, of capital or money in the bank so that if something happens you know you've got three months you're, you're okay for three months and then keep extending that three six to a 12 months so you know if we can adopt that that same mindset to your personal life then you know people be in a a, a much better position yeah. And that's what I on the business tip as well so two things that stand out to me or that I've really sort of embedded in my life over the last year are insurance yeah so yeah life insurance um business insurance so that you are covered for a rainy day as I said it's not about securing the bag it's about protecting the bag protecting your money yeah. um and bag empty bag right and the other thing was um kind of separate note but again like on what it says about you what I really love about your financial planning is the fact that you have considered the lifestyle that you want and so for business starters for our role models who are entrepreneurs um there's something also about you know making sure that your price point facilitates what you need and so you know, we're saying you're going from a full-time employed job to working for yourself. Yes, there is a lot of graft and there is some compromise and sacrifice and you might have to downgrade as it were in the initial instance. But actually, if you're starting your own business and that is supposed to serve you as creating a better lifestyle, then you need to commit to that better lifestyle in that don't pay yourself less than what, the man would, um, the man and the machine would. And so, you know, that's a whole nother conversation about confidence and self-worth and whatever in price points, but just on business, because you mentioned business, you know, just making sure that you're charging 
accordingly as well. Uh, definitely. And whilst we're on the topic of business and, you know, for myself, I'm going to touch on this, but um, yeah, I'll touch on it now. Like I had a meeting with a financial coach and um, her name's Stella. She, it was, it was a, such a great meeting um, from Account Star. And we was, we was talking through, like she wanted to identify like how could she help me? And I was like, yeah, well, I, I know what my credit score is. I've done this and I've done this. And I was really proud of myself to be able to, yeah, I've done this and I've, I know what this is and I've been here and I've checked this out and I'm doing this and I've done that. And then she said, okay, what is, what is one of your goals? And one of my goals is to get on the property ladder. And so we started to speak about um, like mortgages and then we broke it down to how many people per month would I need in order to acquire the amount per, for the per year. And then when you're in a business, you know, you, you may not want to, there are ways that you don't have to pay as much tax. So but then that may hinder your ability to get in onto the property ladder. So you need to speak to your accountants. If you do have one, I have one. So speaking to the accountant saying that, um, you know, this is, that these are my goals. I want to be able to purchase a house. So I need to have more money going through my accounts. My self-assessment self needs to show that I am bringing in, you know, a considerable amount of money in order to, to be able to apply for a mortgage. And so it really, and then after you apply for the mortgage, you know, they may go back to the accountants and say, Do you know what, I need to pay less tax now. I don't need to pay as much. So there are ways around it. And so you need to really have a, an understanding about does your, your income, your expect, your outgoings and your um, self-assessment and all of the rest of this that, that, that you need to, does it enable you to get to that bigger goal? And so those are the things that we, um, we looked at and it was really opened my eyes and I, it was lovely to be able to talk about mortgages. You know, this is something that I personally said, no, no, yeah, it's something I want to do, but I don't know if it's actually going to happen, but I know it's going to, I know it's going to happen. And then we also spoke about something called a, a lifetime ISA. Um, so I'm, which I'm going to open up one. And um, basically a lifetime ISA is um, it, it can be used towards a deposit for a first home or retirement. So in either case, it's a tax, it's tax free and you can take advantage of the 25% government bonus. So whatever you have in your pot, the government will pay 25% on there. So um, you can contribute up to £4,000 per tax year and the government, like I said, give you 25%. So that's about £1,000 every year. Um, so it's worth looking into. I'm going to be looking into it. I, you know, I think that works out to be maximum £400 a month. And then she, I'm going to put in these links into the newsletter, but we spoke about things like um, a website called Clever Girl Finance, um, which she, she introduced me to. And as you know, I've read the, um, the Black Girl Finance book as well, which I'll put into the, which I will put into the newsletter. But before, um, so when you read Black Girl Finance, yeah, yeah, do you feel like, of course, it was written by a black woman, and so we respect it and we um, support it. But do you feel like the content or the information was actually pertaining to black women? Were there things in there that, like, only you needed? Like she spoke about things like the partners, partners, and things and things like. That. So yeah, um, I want to say. When you talk about finance, remember it's not just when it's not exclusive for um, race. It's but we, as a black community, we need to know about it more. So, 
So it's not that we need to know anything different. We just need to know about it a lot more and be taught about it a lot more. That's what that's my perception. I'm anyway. gonna I'm just gonna say like because I I have purchased that book, haven't read it though yet. But do you um so do you then think that this was more of a, a with due respect a marketing thing to get black women to read about money as opposed to you know I know there were some cultural you know cultural inferences like the partner but was it more about if this is a certain portion of society who shies away from this conversation to have a whole book that's written and represented by a black woman rather than the information yeah, definitely. Okay. And it works. I, I, I'm here for it. If what, Do what you have to do. It, do what has to be done. And I feel that this is something that needs to be done. Like when I'm going forward um, in the social enterprise focus CIC, this is going to be a book that I recommend for the young people. You know, so I really do feel like this is something that needs to be done out there. And before we wrap up, I just want to say we spoke a lot about debt. And one thing I didn't know for a little while is, and it confused me for a bit, is you know you've got all this debt now um how long do you have it for so just to let um, the listeners know that the the um limitation period is six years so this applies to most common debt types such as credit or store cards personal loans um council tax etc so after six years um this gets wiped off your credit file and so that is good to know so for example um there's there is something called my credit file that after this after six years i think the six years is up in next year it gets wiped off so then you know it then clears the space and clears the way for these things like mortgages to to and my credit score to, to go up even more so i feel like that's a good note to end on like it does go away it's not there forever but i would say don't you know try your best to look at it i look at your credit file find out what you owe who do you owe contact those companies and make a plan a payment plan to start paying something off because i feel like when it's in the back of your mind and you're just thinking about it actually put some aligned action into doing something about it and that's the thing it doesn't even have to be like like the the extreme end of debt like so i don't want any role models listening thinking oh i haven't got any ccjs this isn't for me it's generally like just every end the worst end but also the most fruitful end in like a missed payment that you missed a couple of payments over a period of time that goes on your file but but my but my point was is that I I also decided this year that I'm going to look at all this with a really positive joyful mindset Mm -hmm. and so like when we went to apply for our mortgage there was one Amber on my credit score for something so ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous. Mm. Um, but it's there. So the six years, if, if that's how long it's there for, I actually don't care because it's so minor and yeah. I've, I've bought the house since, so whatever. But um, take it as a countdown. Like now, rather than like this year, I've committed to joy. And so like with the credit card repayments that I've got, and I am in that average bracket, um, I'm like, right, we're committed now to X amount every month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, like how you do those charts where you're like trying to reach a fundraiser or whatever, like yeah. I'm going down. Yeah. yeah. 
and every month like sometimes it feels like well, what is that 200 400 500 pounds doing uh, it's not doing anything and I still want to go on holiday and I'm having a down day flash the card but I'm so committed to this goal now I'm like every 200 pounds every 400 pounds that is getting us so closer to zero like the race to zero is so exciting because once we get to ground level like there's something on the back of our mind that's gone you know and it also then frees up a platform for like well we were spending x amount paying off cards and you know what I'm not even going to be mad at the cards because they served a purpose they served holidays that were well needed <laughs> well needed I'm so happy and grateful for what a credit card I don't have any but I'm saying that's what you say that's yeah, what you like, no, a lot of people can't get credit cards so I'll get them when I was in like low times I needed those breaks yeah. when I bought the house and we didn't plan for certain things they were there to make us comfortable they're yeah. not my enemy yeah but it's how I use them and, and staying on top of the payments, staying on top of the game, the zero percent transfers. You know, you don't have to have a, you don't have to be committed to no bank. Yeah, no, no. you don't need to be committed to no bank. Move on, get the best rates, and and sort of just don't see it like you know I'm in sort of Zen mode. Don't see anything as a negative. If it is a negative, it is past now that's yeah. happened and it's what you do with it moving forward yeah. but we know that money rides us we know that you know most of us um work to survive but I've always said I've always said since I left uni I earn a living I earn a living which means I am meant to live yeah yeah I'm not meant to be at ground zero, hand to mouth. I'm not meant to feel like if I lose my job tomorrow, it's gonna to be the end of the world. I need to have my safety nets in place and I need to enjoy my money. Yeah, definitely. And acquire it. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I totally agree. I feel, I feel so much more like, I feel lighter. I just, even the other day, the accountant emailed me and, and that would have been a, a trick. Oh my God, oh, I'm going to email him like two weeks later. But I opened the email, I was like, okay, John, I'll get that to you as soon as possible. Like, and replied as well, same time. Yeah. Um, things like that, you just, yeah, people will never know these things and see these things. So, you know, if you can find a safe space that you can talk about it, with somebody you know non-judgmental conversation I feel like those are the best things to have because yeah find a financial even having the conversation with Stella um, the other day uh, the financial coach it was just so nice to be I said I'm going to be open and honest this is what da, 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 and it was just yeah and so it's not holding back yeah you know because the more you hold back how can anybody help you and that's what I've seen that's what I used to be I used to be hold I used to hold back things in in fear of what's shame or what someone going to say and did, no they're there to help you and likewise with the so just rolling back to the companies if you if you look at your 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 credit file and they they do mention companies contact those companies because you'd be very surprised that a lot of the companies are, are wanting you to contact them so they can help you mm. you know I didn't know this and when I started to contact them and say okay so how much do you want to pay how much can you pay like, yeah what? 
So I've been sitting here fretting all this time and you're you're asking me how much can I pay? Yeah. Like, wow. You know, so that's my, I'd like to end on that positive note, like contact the companies because I I found like nine out of 10, if not 10 out of 10, but nine out of 10 of the companies that I contacted were very uh, amicable and were happy, you know, happy to help in some shape or form. Excellent. Well, thank you, Andra. That was really very, very informative. And I look forward to the newsletter and I look forward to sort of just continuing to fulfill our financial goals on both ends of the spectrum in terms of growing our businesses and looking after the garden and the weeds that are by. I look forward to inviting you to my new home. Well, that is that too. Uh, that's wonderful. Um, so yeah, uh, role models, if you have any contributions, ideas, suggestions, or things that have hit a sweet spot this this month, as we've spoken about decluttering your your home, your mind, your pockets, your finances, like all areas of your life, not on a surface level, true to your heart. Look at Andrew, she's like, Can I say something? Yeah. So the decluttering one was me saying, my son was like, what are you doing? I was like, we got to get ready for our move. Like I'm on this move thing. We've got to get ready for our move because once we move, I don't want to be doing all this when it's time to pack up our stuff to go to our new big home. Like, I need to just do start this stuff from now. So I'm putting it out into the universe. I'm starting the, the move from now. Wonderful. Wonderful. It started. Um, so exciting. <laughs> and I'm glad that we're on this positive note. It's the end of the month. We're approaching the end of the month. Um, I can't wait to share everybody's active April and 1% challenges, um, which mine had a little bit of a rocky start, but I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. My 1% has been good. Um, And just, you know, a few housekeeping notes. So we've got May is National Walking Month. Um, We will also be acknowledging uh, Mental Health Awareness Week um, shortly. And the sign up for god there's two sign ups actually we've got the sign up for our workshop um for mental health awareness week um save the date so that's happening on the 9th of may and we also have the sign up for what we intend to be our biggest community catwalk yet taking place on i think it's the 6th of june Ah, the first saturday of june which is the 5th, not the 6th, the 5th of June. So lots to look forward to in May. Um, now that our minds and our spaces are clutter-free, mm-hmm. there's a path ready to go. Definitely. All right, so until next time, Anne, thank you very, yeah. very much. And mm-hmm. ladies, continue to walk safe um, for your spiritual, emotional, intellectual, and physical health. Until next time, Anne. Yeah, thanks, Sharon. Bye. Bye. Bye, ladies. And men, if you're listening. <laughs>